Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is PhotoLog. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, Well, Ben just got back from a trip. And hey, have you checked out our stats for the podcast recently? I have. And this is very exciting. So after our last episode, we have a thousand downloads. That means we have a thousand happy people finally listening to this show. Uh, That is incredibly exciting. Uh, So I know that you listen through a lot of different places. uh, But if you listen on any other app that does not have comments or ratings, uh, either going to my YouTube channel, giving that a thumbs up and a comment or going to Apple podcasts and giving us a Uh, that helps the channel grow and helps more people find us. So I do appreciate, and I'm just completely blown away that, uh, where you have a thousand listeners. That's, that's fantastic. Same here. It's super, super cool to see this gaining some traction that we're helping some people. We're getting some, uh, some good, hopefully good photo and video advice out there. So it is awesome to see that people are listening. Thank you so much. And yeah, definitely give us a rating on your platform of choice that is extremely helpful and we appreciate it very much awesome so let's uh kind of dive into this episode yeah you mentioned i just got back from the trip yeah uh i actually just got back when we recorded the last episode i've got a haircut and a shave since then so i feel so much better (laughs) this one will be a little less salty than why we hate technology yeah um but yeah today uh i i got to do a ton of fun landscape photography going out on my trip. We actually went through uh, Yellowstone and Glacier National Park and the Grand Tetons. And even though there were a bunch of wildfires, we actually left before the wildfires started, but we kind of got caught in them a little bit. So um, not a great time to be doing landscape photography, but you can come back and listen to this episode when, you know, the air is breathable. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a lot of good locations for landscape uh, photography, so it would have been a shame if you didn't take advantage of it. Sounds like you did. I I tried to. I tried my best, but uh, I generally know that I can shoot people and products way better than landscapes, so uh, why don't this episode, you just, like, help me out. Let's let's go through some tips. What do you think? We, We can talk about how to shoot landscape photography. Sounds good. Let's do it. Before you even go on your trip, what do you need? Well, uh, you need a decent number of things. I think the first thing to think about is uh, what is going to be supporting your camera. Um, You can get away with uh, not bringing a tripod or some sort of uh, maybe tripod alternative on your trip, but... It is certainly super helpful, and it's the only way to get certain shots, especially, you know, uh, long exposure. So um, that's where I would start is with tripods. And the big thing that pretty much everybody says is uh, go for carbon fiber tripods. And that is true that they're the best tripods, really, and they're certainly the lightest for packing them out, um, hiking up for uh, landscape uh, shots. Um, but for a long time, I personally wrote them off as way too expensive. I just said, you know, whatever, I'll just carry a more, a, uh, a more, uh, heavier, but also, uh, much less expensive, uh, aluminum tripod. And recently I've been kind of looking at carbon fiber tripods, um, basically around a couple trips that I did, um, in 
2019 and boy have they gotten very uh reasonably priced and still uh, very good uh the even when you could find uh, cheap carbon fiber tripods they were uh really poorly built they fell apart really easily but now there's tons of manufacturers making them um i'm sure a lot of this is propped up by uh chinese manufacturing but i should say quality chinese manufacturing and now there are so many that you can get that are uh very very reasonably priced um and even from places you know bnh adorama this is not from yeah. some random chinese site like from legit uh from legit sellers so i yeah. i bought my carbon fiber tripod i think seven or eight years ago for about three hundred dollars and it has not held up very well um at the time it was what is the best tripod i can get for three hundred dollars because three hundred dollars is my budget mm-hmm. um and so that that was all i had to spend on a tripod so it's what's the best i can get and i think it lasted for maybe like three years or so before like one of the screws just kind of like came loose and won't tighten anymore and it's just like i never use it anymore i actually did bring it on my trip in case but it never left the car yeah yeah <laughs> I didn't sometimes you don't it. need it um but yeah the 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 thing that i would recommend potentially is possibly even having more than one i actually have a couple carbon fiber tripods i've got one uh like pretty weighty heavy one um that for shorter shorter range uh journeys that i really need a lot of extra stability for um, or bigger cameras or, bigger or cameras, if you're shooting or in studio a, or if yeah. you're doing video or you're doing motion lapses or something where you have extra yeah. heavy equipment on it but i also have a super super tiny one that um i actually just like leave in the car because it's so tiny a lot of the time and um it has been super helpful to have on hand something that i can actually easily put inside a backpack or attached to the outside of a messenger bag or something it's really small um just a couple of pounds and it does a really good job even with like a full-size um well mirrorless camera like i have so uh definitely look at carbon fiber tripods they're not as expensive as you think anymore all right so besides tripods uh i know there are some really good tripod alternatives Mm -hmm. the name of the game used to be gorilla pod yeah uh, I actually don't own one of those, so I'm pretty sure you do, right? I do. I own a couple Gorilla Pods. Um, I own uh, the 3K and the 5K, um, which personally I pretty much only use the 5K because it's it's not that. I mean, it's bigger, but for me, it's not that much bigger, and the 5K can actually hold full-on cameras, so I use it for both um you know action cameras and full-size cameras and they're pretty good um i do have some issues with them um they their longevity is kind of suspect um they seem to get a little uh a little wonky a little loose over time um so they're cool for what they are being able to wrap it around a tree or something is really nice although i don't find myself doing that as much as you think that you would with one um so yeah i like having them as part of my kit i use them I use them enough to to justify having the full on 5K ones, but um, they are certainly an alternative to a real tripod for me. I I only use them if I absolutely have to, or if I have such strict weight and size requirements that's the, that that's the only thing I can bring. So uh, my tripod alternative that I actually love is the Platypod. 
So I do have a review specifically of the Platypod on my YouTube channel, which we will link down in the comments. Uh, but no, I, I found myself just absolutely loving it. Um, there are two different versions. I forget what they're called. One's called the Max, mm-hmm. and then the other one just might be a normal one, or it might be called a Mini or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found myself pretty much only using the Max because then I could put my motion control unit and a full-size ball head and my DSLR with a big lens on top of it, and it was great it was fine i mean it was a little heavy but it was pounds lighter than even a carbon fiber tripod Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um no platypod definitely check it out and for those of you who aren't sure what it is basically just a flat plate of steel that has a bunch of holes and grooves and stuff drilled out to it so that you can attach uh, feet you can attach rubber feet if you're on that kind of service you can attach spiky feet by spinning them around so that you can kind of drill into rocks and dirt um you can put a ball head on it uh you can put a tension strap on it if you need to let you know wrap it around a tree like you said mm-hmm. um i pretty much only found myself using the large one so if you only are getting one unless you shoot small mirrorless cameras definitely go for the larger version uh, i bought both just so i could review them um but the the small one pretty much never never left my bag but the, those those were great i exclusively used that last week so awesome awesome um yeah as far as supports for your camera i think that's that's about it um i wouldn't uh especially since you're weight constrained um unless you're like super, usually super ripped. if you're shooting landscapes <laughs> you're usually yeah. weight constrained because um, you have to go somewhere to get that landscape exactly so that's that's pretty much where it where it ends for me uh carbon fiber tripods and then maybe a couple tripod alternatives if you have specific needs there um Next, I would look at lenses, I think. So you definitely need an ultra wide. Oh yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> That's to be said. Yeah. And uh, so the widest lens that I actually have is a 20 mil. Mm-hmm. Um I I also I've my zoom lens I believe it's either a 24 or a 28. I want to say it's a 28 cuz it's Tamron. Mm-hmm. But I I think that 28 to 20 is actually a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So I would not go on a landscape shoot with anything uh more telephoto than a 20 as your wide lens if you can help it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i mean if you just if you just don't have the budget like you know sure stick at 28 like that's what you what you can do um or 24 um but yeah i have my my, um ultra wide zoom is the 17 to 28 uh tamron and i really love that range especially for landscapes um so i use that that lens just constantly i bought it for a trip and it was uh, well worth it i also have a manual uh 14 mil which is even more ridiculously huge um that being said or ridiculously those, wide that those being said, manual lenses it. those manual lenses though would actually be a pretty good investment for landscape photography because yeah. you don't need you don't mm-hmm. need fast action you don't need autofocus the landscape isn't going anywhere yeah yeah the the 14 mil i have is like I, I bought that far before my uh, my wide zoom and because it was one reasonably uh, priced and two it got me those super ultra wide uh, shots that I really wanted so uh, if you're on a budget if you're gonna shoot a lot of landscapes that might be worth looking at they are going to be gigantically heavy because the the element to get uh, the front element to get a lens like that is going to be a massive chunk of glass. Um, they're going to be very much manual lenses. Uh, so I should say that since I went to a wide zoom, I 
hardly ever use the the manual 14 mil but it does exist if i really need that extra width it's very cool to have and they're like i said pretty reasonably priced so um yeah Bef- worth looking before at. i bought my 20 mil i actually uh i did buy i forget what the zoom range was but an ultra wide zoom but it was maybe three times as heavy two times as big the front element kept on like protruding out of my bag it didn't really fit um because the lens it was such a bulbous lens mm-hmm. uh the the cap kind of kept sliding off and stuff was like scratching against it so i just returned it and uh i actually happened to be going on a trip at the time so i rented that 20 mil for the trip and then i just decided like i don't miss the other one i'm just gonna buy this and keep it excellent so i mean that's you know it's a personal preference thing uh that's the other thing too is don't don't buy a lens before you rent it once Mm -hmm. and a lot Mm -hmm. of times a rental company will give you your rental money back if you end up buying a lens from them so good deal um let's see what 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 other recommendations of things to bring or or not bring well in lenses uh i would don't don't sleep on telephoto lenses for landscapes um that is uh literally a an entirely new style you can add to your landscape repertoire i mean i know most landscapes are are wide or ultra wide and that's really cool. But you can do some really interesting, really unique compositions with telephoto lenses for landscapes. So, um, yes, they are big. They are heavy. Um, but you can do some very cool things. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't I would not uh, I would not just write those off as something you shouldn't take. Yeah. Consider that. The, the the good things that telephoto lenses can do for landscape photography is the things that are really far away, they compress the frame and they bring them a lot closer to the lens. So instead of getting, um, you know, a huge rock in the foreground and a tiny little mountain, you can get that huge mountain in the background and bring it really close to you. So mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's it's a different style and a different look. But yeah, definitely, cool. definitely one that you shouldn't neglect. Yeah. At least take a look at it, even if you don't uh, ultimately end up uh, shooting telephoto uh for your landscapes it's worth a look any any other gear gear wrecks <sighs> um can i do a gear like non-wreck <laughs> yeah hit me uh don't be a drone asshole. <laughs> <laughs> i know what you mean yeah so i i like drones they're really cool i've been flying them for uh seven seven eight years at this point um you flew them before they were cool to some degree yeah <laughs> and you flew them before they were like widely available and affordable yeah, too. before before uh, drone gimbals were even a thing really um but yeah so i really like drones they're really cool they make for some extremely nice landscape shots that being said they are unfortunately due to the drone uh aforementioned people um have been banned in a lot of parks Uh, i used to be able to fly them basically anywhere and i wasn't a problem i didn't disturb people i didn't disturb wildlife and i was able to just make do my shots and do cool stuff and a lot of us were like that and then a lot of people invaded the hobby and did very bad things and damaged property and chased animals and uh now drones are banned all over the place so one thanks for that and two can you please not do that anymore uh the hobby's already hurt enough by that behavior um so one obey your your local uh laws please for the place you're going if your park says no drones don't bring one like just like that ship has sailed 
Um, don't be that guy who posts a, a YouTube video and, and thinks like, oh, look at how cool and edgy I am for breaking the law. Um, the FAA is starting to get really particular about this stuff. And if the video gets at all popular, they're going to notice and they're going to come after you. And this has happened more Literally than once. Literally the day I got back <laughs> from my trip, someone posted a drone video in Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, I was there yesterday mm-hmm. and it said no drones. Yep. Just don't do it. Um, the only time that you can go around that is if you get a permit, you get permission. If you go through all the proper channels, awesome. That's following the rules and good. You're good to go. But please, please, please do not be that person. Um, you are literally ruining it for everybody else. Um, and even if you're in a place where you can fly, just be kind, be considerate for other people, um, be considerate for the nature around you. Just be nice and everybody should be totally fine with you. Like I don't have any problems. You know, you see some people, some videos of people getting super mad, um, jumping down drone operators, uh, throats about them flying and stuff. I have literally never had that experience happen because I am open and honest and I don't harass people. And anybody who has a question, instead of escalating it by being a jerk, I just say what I'm there for and what I'm doing. And I even often show people what I'm, where I'm flying and what uh, pictures or video I'm, I'm taking. And oftentimes people are, are really interested in that and think that's really cool. And they don't, it doesn't escalate into a worse situation. So I remember one time, I remember one time you and I were flying something on, on, um, a college campus because we were doing work for the school and a security Mm -hmm. guard came up to us and we're like, Oh shoot, the security guard's going to be like, what are you doing here? You're not Mm -hmm. allowed to be here. And we're going to have to explain this whole thing. But he came up to us and you were just really nice to him. And he's like, Oh, I also have drone. I'm super interested. What are you guys doing? And then you guys just talk to drone parts for yep. 20 minutes. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like, just be a nice human being. And you would be surprised at how <laughs> how open people are to, to you flying around. Um, again, not an excuse to fly around and be a jerk, just to prompt that interaction. But just be a nice person. Be considerate. Um. Yeah. Don't harass people or animals or anything. That's just gonna make it even worse for everybody else. So, yes, that is my drone drone uh, spiel, and uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh. So let's see. What are, What are some other things that are are useful? We talked about stabilization. We talked about cameras yeah. and lenses. Um. I I know I like to take behind the scenes footage uh, yeah. when I'm out doing landscape photography because usually it will take me a while to actually get the actual landscape up. But I like to say like mm-hmm. I'm here mm-hmm. shooting landscape photography. <laughs> yeah. So I would say I would strongly encourage people to do that even if it's on your phone. Um, shoot some video. Um, ideally shoot some video with your real camera because it probably shoots better video than your phone. Uh, you never know where you're going to use it. I mean, you might use it for. Uh, like you said, a behind the scenes video or, um, Hey, social media posts, right? Like we all have to do it, I suppose. Um, or, uh, maybe you get a really cool shot and, or you set up something really interesting and you want to do a little explainer video. Maybe you think of that at the time and actually narrate to camera about what you're doing. Or maybe later you have some context in video for what you were working on. Um, so you can narrate over the top and, and share with people. So, um, I would say considering how, cheap and easy uh storage is at least shoot a couple of clips of video um at the very worst it's a memory for you to return to later and and say oh that was really fun Uh, i'm glad i have a little bit of video of that so um you can't really can't really go wrong there 
Yeah, um, shoot it on your phone. And then another thing for uh, phones is I know you've talked about having those little phone clips. Yeah. Um, so you can stick that on your your other platypod or your gorilla pod or, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of perched up against a rock or something. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. way you can actually be in the shot with your camera if if you want to. Exactly. Good for selfies. And <laughs> yeah, and, and again, context for what you're doing. People can see you with the camera working that um working that shot so uh i would phone tripod adapters are tiny super easy to throw in a bag there's a whole bunch of different styles um i would go for that i would also along the same lines of a small alternative camera um if you've got a gopro maybe bring one um that's something i've used uh as a behind the scenes camera very frequently instead of my phone um that's one that again i I feel more comfortable propping up on a rock somewhere if it falls i'm like well at least it's not my phone falling at least you don't break Um, your phone yeah yeah, at least you don't break your phone and you probably aren't going to break the gopro so um uh yeah so if you've got some gopro or other action camera um definitely consider bringing that again i know it's more stuff to bring but they're pretty small so uh it has definitely been worth it i mean if I, I actually don't, I can't think of a time, at least in landscape photography, that I don't bring a GoPro just in case. Um, and it has very frequently paid off. So definitely nice. worth thinking about. I own a couple of GoPros and I, I always forget to break them out. They're yeah. in my bag and I forget to break them out. But, uh, all right. So we've talked about gear. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what other things are helpful? Maybe not physical things. What other tips are helpful, uh, for, for getting, getting those photos? Uh, boy, um, there's a whole bunch. Um, be there early is a big one. Oh my God. Especially yeah. now with the internet popularizing so many, uh, landscape sites, um, being there early, course everybody's gonna say this but a lot of people still don't follow it so you'd be surprised at how empty you can find places if you just actually get up early and go um i oh, have regretted for this in sure the past. so so yeah when i was on my trip uh i thought okay i'm going to escape the pandemic by driving mm-hmm. to the middle of montana middle of nowhere i'm gonna go out hiking you know, like 10 hours hiking and we'll just be peace and quiet and away from all the people. I was passing people on the trail every 30 seconds for like the first six to eight hours. It's it's nutty. Um, I went on a trip uh, to Japan about a year ago. I was in the off season. I was like, Oh, well, we're going to, we're going to be there early enough. Like I don't need to get up that early to a particular, um, uh, particular place doesn't really matter um but i i was like oh it'll be fine it'll be fine like i don't need to get up that early like we're in the off season not that pe- many people are going to be there and i got there and it was just like slammed with <laughs> with tourists and i was one of them so like i'm not saying oh evil tourists like i was a tourist too i was adding to that crowd but um yeah just assuming it'll be fine um because oh you're t- you're far out enough you're in the off season you're in a place where a lot of people are going yeah. there's a pandemic going on like who's going to be here um yeah you will it, it will backfire I, I swear there's some like universal karmic justice that if you say <laughs> it's early enough 
that that it's the not universe yeah the universe will conspire against you if you say that so don't say that to yourself it's i, not I have enough. i have two other stories from my trip on sure. where be there early would have been great advice so uh me and the buddy i was going with neither of us are really the early riser types and so on the first day we just kind of got up when we got up um and it took us an hour just to like get into the park through the like gate check to see mm-hmm. if you paid for a pass. Um, and then when we finally got to the like first little lake on the trail, um, there was like this dock that goes out and the dock on the lake is literally like the good spot. Like that's why they built the dock there. And there were already like four photographers all lined up with their tripods on the dock and there was no space for me. So I'm like, cool, I can't shoot on the dock. Let's figure out something else or come back the next day. Um, this, the second thing where be there early would have been great is I went, uh, up the sun road and we get to the very end of the sun road, far end of Glacier Park. And what happened was we go down and we're, I'm kind of looking around scouting and I'm trying to figure out where I want to shoot this kind of sun setting over all of these mountains. And I figure out the spot and I look at the sunset time and I'm like, okay, how long will it take us tomorrow to be able to come do this? And so I'm kind of doing all my planning and preparations and I know where the sun is going to go down and at what time sunset is. But the one thing that I forgot about is sunset is when the sun dips below the horizon, not when it dips below the mountain range. So I thought, I'll get there like an hour and a half, two hours early, set up, be good. I had like three minutes from when I got there to when the sun actually dipped behind the the mountain. I'm like, I can't believe I missed it. <laughs> I thought two hours early. Yep. That's yep. enough for an airport. Why wouldn't it be enough for me to set a camera down <laughs> on a tripod? This is ridiculous. No, no, it wasn't early enough. Side, I missed it. Side tangent, um, uh, landscape photography is very frequently about uh, going somewhere and then waiting a really long time. So just get used to that. <laughs> yes, definitely. The one thing that I learned is that patience wins out in the end. Landscape photography, it is a game of patience. It is a game of hurry up and wait. You need to wait for just the right light, you know, hit hit the, the spot that you're looking at. You need to wait for kind of all the elements to come together. And there are some days where you go out and just nothing looks good. And mm-hmm. so that that's actually what happened to us. I was talking about when I was planning for the sun road of we were there roughly about two hours before sunset. But the the day was just shaping up that the cloud was or the sun was behind kind of the haze of wildfire smoke. And it was just going to disappear and get dark. There was not going to be a good sunset. There was not going to be beautiful colors. There was not going to be yeah. interesting textures. There was not going to be anything. So we just kind of looked at it and called it and said, we're going to try again tomorrow. So we we planned our day around making sure that we could be in that spot to get that photo the next day. And it turned out okay. Um, There are definitely some things that I wish I would have done better. If I was a real landscape photographer, maybe I even would have gone back again. Um, (laughs) But, you know, we we had a pace to keep. So, yep. Yeah, it's a it's a, a very uh, zen style of photography. You need to be very patient, and you need to be you need to be okay with being patient. So <laughs> that's uh, that's how it goes sometimes. But that's for okay. sh- for sure. So uh, now now that we've kind of talked about the, the the prepping for all the gear mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the planning on like getting out there and stuff, um, I know there's. 
definitely something to be said for location scouting no, mm-hmm. knowing where you know the sun's gonna be actually yeah. what what are some of your favorite apps for for kind of like sun tracking or location scouting um the photographer's ephemeris is an app that i've used uh, quite a bit for that kind of stuff i would um it is paid i don't think there's even a free version maybe there's a demo but the photographer's ephemeris is where i would go for those sorts of questions uh, sun tracking and stuff like that nice also I, just like google maps <laughs> true google Earth. i, I yeah. do have a second recommendation that mm-hmm. is free for people so i don't know if this is on um iphone because i have android but mm. it is called sunboard and mm. so sunboard basically just draws the google map data but then it also it tells you really quickly at the top of the screen sunset and sunrise times and then it shows like a little ring with where the sun currently is and then a ring of where the sun will be at sun up and sundown with kind of like time markers going across it so you can quickly gauge this is the spot that i'm in because it draws the google maps thing and i can draw a line that oh the sun will be right there over that mountain at 4 p.m mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. so um that's just a useful free little little app that i absolutely love so if you're if you're an uh, android user definitely go check that one out Cool. Um, that's something that I, I just used all the time and actually it worked really well even out without reception because I downloaded the Google map beforehand and it used that Google map data to like refresh oh, that's and super find handy. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The photographer's ephemeris, um, by the way, is, uh, both for Android and iOS it's on Android right at the second. It is two ninety nine. I'm not sure how much it is on iOS. So who pricey. Oh yeah. Steve, <laughs> but it is good. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely worth. Yeah, there are some things that are just totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, when you're when you're going out doing landscapes, uh safe another thing, safe hiking rules apply. Mm-hmm. Um just like we said, don't be a jerk with the drone, like to like be safe when you're hiking. Mm-hmm. Water, mm-hmm. comfortable shoes, uh have, you know, the 10 essentials with you if you're ever in the Boy Scouts. Uh don't go off trail, especially not if there are signs and and laws saying you're not allowed to go off trail. Don't destroy plants and foliage and, you know, don't leave trash. This this yeah. is basic stuff. Don't don't, don't push be a over dick. big rocks. Don't uh, t- uh carve your name into a monument. Just yeah. <laughs> We should know this stuff. We should (laughs) know this stuff. We should. So be Uh, safe and don't be a jerk. uh, Any any final tips to close this out? Um, Well, um, as far as when you're actually taking the shot, uh, certainly don't neglect the foreground. Um, A lot of uh, a lot of landscape photography gets feels really samey because it's all shot from like a mile away. Everything is just super far away. Um, Especially when you're especially when you're shooting something that is like a mountain or a lake or something Mm -hmm. like that, where you're only seeing the backside, you're Mm -hmm. only seeing the mountain in the distance, you're only seeing the horizon, you're only seeing the edge of the lake. If you can find the front edge and get like some rocks or ripples in the water or you know beach something something yeah yeah putting anything in the foreground makes your photo more interesting than the postcard my general rule of thumb when i'm looking for compositions is if i could buy a postcard of this in the shop why would i take that photo Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, for sure for sure yeah there's a lot of um uh, uh like lake uh moraine moraine lake whatever in um in uh, Canada is a super popular one where everybody takes the exact same photo um, over and over and over again. 
uh make it different you know choose different stuff in the foreground choose a different angle um that that foreground space is where you can distinguish your photo from everybody else's um so don't just go there and take the same photo that everybody else has that's on all of the on all of the posters on all of the postcards <laughs> and uh yeah make it a little different if you can yeah, I would, I would say my very last tip would be don't be afraid to fail. Uh, you go to these beautiful... I kind of felt this way at Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. I, I think I got some gorgeous photos from Glacier, and mm-hmm. but I went to Yellowstone, and I, I it felt like a failure. Well, I was there for two days, and every single photo I took, nothing was good. Nothing, nothing was good or better than the postcards in the gift shop. There, there was nothing that was exciting to me as I was kind of walking around and seeing all this cool stuff. And I know Yellowstone is a huge favorite for tons mm-hmm. of people, yourself included. Yeah, huge. Um, what I would say with with something like uh, like landscape photography and and Yellowstone specifically is if you fail, what's the worst that happened? You had a good time hiking around Yellowstone. Like, oh no, yeah. that's such a burden <laughs> to, to have done that. Like at at the very worst, you're probably gonna have a have a great hike, and that's an awesome thing in itself. And let's say that you didn't have a great hike. Let's say that it poured down rain or it hailed or something. And or let's say went... that you had a hundred pound backpack and you had to hike for 10 miles in yeah. a 45 degree incline. It's not like that actually happened to me last <laughs> week. No, that's way too specific. That definitely did not happen. So, so let's say it is a bad kind of a bad experience <laughs> like that. Um, I mean, look, you're laughing about it, right? It's a fun story to talk about later, <laughs> or at least it's a, a story to share in a, a com- commiserative way with uh, other people. So um, this and- is a secret between you, me, and our thousand podcast listeners. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So so at the very at the very worst, it is a, an interesting story that you will likely laugh about later, even if not at the time. Um, but I would say most of the time, it's still just a, a good hike. And, um, I mean, if you're like us and you live in the Pacific Northwest, it seems like that's what everybody does. So, um, you can at least brag to your friends about whatever hike you just did. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and if your photos are, if your photos suck, oh, well, you went out and took them, you tried, you practiced. I mean, that's never a bad thing. So, yeah, the yeah. the only way that you can get better is by practicing. So mm-hmm. you you failed. Maybe this trip wasn't the one where you get your Pulitzer Prize winning <laughs> photo of that mountain. I never will. So that's fine. And no matter so what style. so you know what? You plan another <laughs> trip. You go out. You try again. And I would say look over your photos, analyze them, try and figure out what what do you like, what do you not like, what what can you do better next time, and then just mm-hmm. just take another trip. Go shoot more photos. Yep. Just go shoot more. And that, everyone, is landscape photography. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for joining us um, and uh, bringing us up actually over um, a thousand listeners. We hugely appreciate it. Um, Give us a rating on your platform of choice. Leave a comment or a thumbs up or whatever on the the YouTube channel. Um, Thanks again. And we will see you next time for Art vs. Artist. If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or download it. Because it's free.